So, as the week draws to a close, Fishman, was there one other thing you wanted to cover? Yeah, probably just before departing, Fishman will go around to all of the senior staff and hand them a piece of parchment, but it will simply just say one word on it, which looks elvish, which is Hond Ebruff, and he says, if you need me, you'll know when to use this. All right. So, Tibble, when you awake seven days after the ship reached Ankathair, for a total of ten days out, Tibble, you come to, you have a dull, throbbing pain in your chest, as if you have been hit by an adamantine battering ram. You see that you are surrounded by arcane machinery of some sort, and there is a mask on your face helping you to breathe. Although you feel at this stage that while there is still some assistance that the mask and the machine is providing, you are mostly able to breathe for yourself. So as Chibble opens his eyes, he takes in this deep, rasping breath this coming to of consciousness. And for a moment, there's this panicked look on his face as he remembers exactly what happened just before he got to where he is. And he goes to reach for his sword at his hip before his paw comes away with nothing. There's nothing there. And he kind of half tries to sit up and then feels this weight on his chest. And it brings this awareness and attention to exactly where he is and he looks around himself and he's alone he's alone and surrounded by machines in this white room and the ground is too still he's breathing as he was looking around starts to pick up and as he slowly comes to realize not necessarily where he is, but the kind of place he is. He makes a conscious effort to slow his breathing. And he takes careful, measured, shallow breaths. And he looks around and waits. A humanoid figure enters the room. Good afternoon, Captain Clover. I'm Dr. Kiev. I have been keeping an eye over you over the past week. What, what am I? You are in Ankathir. You have been placed in our care in our hospital. You uh, suffered some great damage in a battle at sea. You have been in intensive care. You suffered quite the injuries. So we have to keep you safe from infections. Did they tell you what happened? We were informed that you uh, fell in combat against some terrible foes. Right. Did they... (sighs) Were there any other... So, they're okay then? Yes, to my knowledge. No one else was brought to our care. Um, and Tibble starts weeping. Sorry, um... Did they mention... Was there a large blonde fella with any of them? I have not seen such a figure. My primary contacts were with a dark-haired human and... A deep health medic. I, I am very aware that this be your ship and not mine, but if you'll indulge an old captain, can you send for Neris? I need to speak to Neris as soon as possible. Contact has been made, and with any luck, they will be with us presently. Do you feel as if you are reliant on this machine? Breathe at rest. I, I don't think so, but it Tomorrow- hurts. Yes, that's going to stay for a while. If you're lucky, it will eventually subside. Even so, sometimes you might feel it recur in the cold, even if you do regain any sort of loss of that pain. But, as I understand, your medic seems to be working on a portable, more seaworthy version of this device that should aid you as you recover. 
And there's this soft look of surprise that goes over Tibble's face. He's quite brilliant, that one. It is my assessment that you are no longer in need of intensive care at this stage. And he brings a wheelchair towards the the hospital bed. Do you require any assistance in taking a seat? Chibble kind of swings his little legs off the bed after sitting up, and it seemed quite painful for him to sit up, but he kind of pushes off himself and almost forces himself in a way um, to shift to the chair himself. I would advise that you keep duties and any strenuous activity to a minimum for at least the next few days, at least until you start getting a bit more lung capacity and pain reduction back on track. Uh, He explains to you as he wheels you out to the visiting room. Is it more of a private room? I'd say head to the Hydra Repay, it would be a private room. (laughs) He looks up to the doctor when the doctor sort of wheels him to the room. If I can ask a favour, when they arrive, I'd like to see Nerys first, please. I will send him in ahead of the others. And he leaves you briefly within the room. So, it is probably about now that anyone who would have heeded the call that Tibble was ready to see visitors would probably be arriving at the hospital. Also, Solilanti, the captain would like to see you in private first. Nerys will throw a quick glance backwards to Janus and then Alton, and then we'll walk in. Janus has been hanging purposefully, very reluctantly, towards the back of the entire group. When Nerys looks over at him, it's almost like he has been specifically waiting to catch Nerys's eye. And he just raises his brow, just nods as Nerys's gaze moves away. Alton has been metaphorically on the edge of his seat, just like waiting to talk to Tibble and the doctors and check on his condition. And he would just shrug a little at Neris and just be like, okay, and maybe like go and talk to a doctor about the care plan for Tibble afterwards. So Neris, you see Tibble in this small wheelchair. Captain. Neris. And Tibble, he looks very small. Neris hadn't visited Tibble and hadn't really seen him while he was in care on the ship either, correct? correct. So I guess the last image Neris would have had of Tibble would have been this almost horrifying bloody mess. And he's not that, but he's definitely not what you last saw of him. Where when you last saw him as him, he had... A height to him that wasn't physical, almost a height of personality. You could tell, despite his small stature, that he stood tall. And instead you see this creature almost sitting in this chair. Am I the only one? They said no others were admitted. The rest of your crew are safe. You see that he closes his eyes for a moment and you see this tenseness that he had been holding drop. And Janus, did they take him again? As I said, the rest of your crew are all safe. Tibble keeps eye contact with Nurse for a moment at that, almost searching his eyes for something. And then it just kind of clicks. And he slumps forward, his face in his paws. And this is probably the first time you've seen him truly break down like this and you see not so much a pressure lifting but you can see the pressure that was there sorry lad it's um a lot thank you for taking care of them Neris will close his eyes and smile and will slowly drop down to his knees and sort of sit on his heels sort of off to the side of Tibble. You know, it is always what I would do in your state. Aye, but I'm sorry you had to. You just need to get better so that I can stop doing this. He looks at you 
You look tired, nervous. You look like you slept for days. I need to prepare you for something. You couldn't have known, but I'm guessing you haven't spoken to Kara since I've been here. I have been giving Kara some space. She, um, she cares a lot about you, lad. I'm talking to you not as your captain, but as a friend. Both of us care about you deeply, nurse. I think she would have liked to have spoken to a friend. She never leaves the ship, lad. Not without me. And I'm worried if I'm here what it means for her. Then you had best get better so that you can return to her. So Nerys was very open and raw on first entry to this room. On hearing that, he's becoming not more businesslike, but more protected, like he's putting up barriers. And the more you talk, the more these walls are going up, and he begins to straighten his body a little bit more. And you see him sort of correcting the line of his knees so that they're perfectly in line with his shoulders. And he begins just nodding, and you can see him almost retreating into himself as he's thinking. You just focus on getting better, and you can return to the Polaris. Everything will be fine. Do you know why I became captain? Nervous. I understand why many become captains. I do not feel you are the same as many. I did it because she didn't have anywhere safe. And now she can be home and not ever have to have anyone question that. Think of me what you will from that. Is Janice here? He is, as is the rest of your senior officers. I'd like to speak to Janice alone first, if I could. The others can wait a little longer. As you wish, Captain. Neris. Neris stands. It's Tibble. Neris will give a respectful nod, will not reply. And we'll walk out and go and fetch Janice. Wilson. Janice snaps to attention, probably at the same time that literally everyone else in this entire waiting room stares at Janice at the same time. Looks as if everyone has a weapon pointed directly at him. Yes, quartermaster. The captain wishes to speak with you alone. I see. He flashes some kind of look at Nero's specifically, but then he just nods and will then steal himself and stride in. Neris will just quickly turn to the rest of the crew. The captain is speaking and is recovering. It will take time. I'm sure you will determine that for yourselves when you are in his presence. I hope he is faring well. So did you see any signs of, like, a fever or...? Uh, Neris will talk about, like, certain medical things that he has noticed um, (laughs) with Alton for a little bit, but very standoffish and professional. After a while, Rue will just watch expressionless, then we'll turn and start talking to Fishman about how he's feeling currently. It will be interesting to see how Captain Tibble is. I think a great deal many things will change. Hopefully he can be discharged soon. I hope so too. And even though the door is tall enough to fit Janice inside, he still stoops as he has for much for a while. As he enters the doorway and looks around for a bit, his brilliantly glowing golden eyes are finally snapping down at Tibble. And then he just sort of stands there and after a beat kind of just like looks sheepish and closes the door behind him. Tibble looks over Janice. And a small but really sad smile starts to form on Tibble's face. I can hardly believe it's you. If it helps anything, neither can I. Janice, I am so sorry. You're apologising to me now, after everything. 
He does pad over towards Tibble. And again, he's huge compared to Tibble, but he is very ginger and very turned on himself as he walks properly to stand in front of him. All I ever wanted being captain was to have a chance to protect the people I care about. I failed so many more ways than one. I forgot just how much I hate being a captain. If duty and if protecting everyone means I can't act on the first instinct I get to go looking for you, then was it ever worth it? Jonas closes his eyes, almost like he can't keep them open for a moment, and he just kind of holds them tightly closed, and then just sort of shakes his head out, and almost looks like a couple of sparks of radiant flutter out as he opens his eyes back open. Then he changes his stance, and he moves his hands to his hips and crouches down, so that he's more level with Tibble. Of course, duty is important after all. The good of the crew. It's how I know that you and Neris are both more suited for it than I. Really, it was him who reminded me. Well, you've you always put them before you, Janice. You always have. This is a wonderful crew. And he reaches for you. Janice will let Tibble, but he does instinctively flinch. When he does, Tibble, he closes his eyes as this kind of sadness hits him. I wanted to go after you. It was the first thing I wanted, but I had to look out for them. He has a very far away look in his eyes. I understand. It is not the circumstances I was expecting, but I am back. I don't think I know what any of it means anymore, Janice. All I know is I'm glad to have my friend back. I understand. There were difficult circumstances. I've been through many myself. Sometimes there's just collateral. I, um, I have something for you, I guess. He reaches into, I'm assuming, like, in the process of being wheeled out to the visiting area, Tibble was given the remnants of his belongings back. And within that, there would have been an envelope of an opened letter. And he hands it to Janice. Janice takes it off your hand. What is this? Words from one you love. And his hand almost crumples the entire letter in a fist with almost like a reflexive urgency. He'd been crouching gingerly and he rocks back on the balls of his feet and almost tears open that letter. You watch him go very silent. And then Janice's tremor, which is normally sometimes present in his hands when he's trying not to hide it, runs sort of like fire up his arms, unbidden. And then while he's reading, very quiet, his grasp on the letter pulls taut. And you can watch him suppress that tremor again. But he looks up at Tibble with wet eyes. She knows. She knows! Not everything, but enough. And Janice will stand up and it would look quite intimidating, but Janice isn't bearing down over Tibble. He just has to go and pace in this room for a bit. Is there a window to the outside? There would be a window. So he paces around and then puts his hands down on the windowsill. And outside there is this huge rumble of thunder and a crack of lightning. And just for a moment, the small mist of rain patters down outside the window, regardless of the weather. He is breathing fast and tight, and then slower and slower. And then the rain subsides. The distant rumble is still present, but not as close. And he just turns around and goes, I see. Thank you for letting me know. Tibble's been watching all of this quietly. There's not been a particular expression on his face, but he looks up at you and he's like, I mean everything I've said, but Janice, you're one of my oldest friends. And it's occurred to me both in the time you were away and in, if I'm honest, this reaction, that I don't really know much about you. 
because for me, if I were to go missing, Kara should be the first person people ask because she knows my soul. Something seems to click in him and he sort of relaxes and his expression softens. He pads over closer to Tibble and crouches down again and looks up at him. You're right, of course, but I do understand your reasoning. I get concerned sometimes when it comes to my family. They are incredibly dear to me. Perhaps we can bitch what things we do not know about each other in time. Tibble has a small smile at that. And he, and he reaches his hand out to Tibble. He squeezes your hand. I'd very much like that. <laughs> we will have to do a bit of training until we can get back to our arm wrestling competitions, I think. For now, I am glad to be back in your company. And I do apologize dearly for all of this. I was at the end of all things. You're here now, and so am I. That's true. We're both here now. They all missed you, you know. I have not left the best impressions, but I will get there. I missed you too, for what it's worth. Every day. So I'm glad to be back, and I'm glad you're back, Captain. To fight again another day. Towards the horizon. Best let the others in here before Outen gets kicked out of the hospital for harassing the poor stuff. And he stands up and just like shoots a grin at Tibble and then turns back to the door and his expression just blanks over. He like walks up to the door and throws her over. Come on, everyone. Don't want to miss saying hello to the captain again. Excellent. He's already. Nelson will just bustle over. And Janus kind of ushers everyone in and his eyes look over to Neris. Neris is watching from sort of a few feet back, sees everyone else walk in, and then his expression kind of blanks over. We'll look at Janus, give him a nod, and then we'll turn and walk away back to the Polaris. So it just looks like he's calculating something. Yeah, all right. Stannis watches him walk off and then looks back as people are cheerfully being like, wow, Tibble's alive. How cool. And then he will stride to catch up to Neris's pace, probably before he leaves the hospital entirely. Are there any reactions that we want to highlight to the reunion with the captain? Um, I think Archibald seeing Tibble will be like, oh, boss, good to see you. Uh, how are you feeling? Oh, and how have the staff been treating you since you've awoken? If anyone has been rude, I'm more than happy to shoot them. It's good to see you. I've got some conversations that I need to be having, I think, regarding um, your position on the crew. Oh, uh, okay. I am to the understanding that you've been harassing the staff here incessantly and speaking on a... A machine of some sort to uh, help me with this. Yes, I have. Uh, is that unacceptable? It's unacceptable that you're not already the medic. You mean like, like the ship's medic? I. Are you serious? Are you um? Are you like under the effects of medication or anything right now? Like, Alton, I'm tired and injured and of the understanding that you went above and beyond your duty of care and also above and beyond my own expectations given your situation. You've proved you want to be here and you're good at what you do. I've got to run it by the bosses, but if you want it, it's yours. I'll have to deal with Sia in one way or another. It may be a co-medic thing. It goes from looking like ecstatic to like <laughs> mildly nauseated. <laughs> then he gets back to being just very excited. Thank you. I would love that position. Absolutely. I'll be the best ship's doctor the Polaris will ever see. I wouldn't doubt it. And I'm just glad that you've made it through. 
I'm glad it makes you glad. Of course, I don't want to lose another boss. <laughs> Fishman probably would have muttered under his breath small steps and like chuckled to himself, referring to a conversation that he had with Alton. And then, yeah, he would have probably just waited until Alton was done. Just doing that classic, like, shoulder on the doorway kind of thing. But you prodded me, lad. There's a handsome young fishman standing in my doorway. <laughs> fishman will, like, look behind himself and around the room and be like, You can't see one here, unless you're referring to me. I'm uh, crippled, not blind, lad. Come on in. <laughs> Alton just looks at Fishman's abs and is like, mm-hmm. <laughs> Captain? I'm glad everyone is well. Everyone is well. And whilst we have had some time off, or some downtime, I don't believe anyone has had the opportunity to properly rest. I believe every single one of us here has been worrying about you, Captain. Sorry to hear it. We are an independent bunch, Captain. We can care for ourselves. I simply share this to let you know that there are people waiting for you. But you better fucking get better soon. I hope to be home very soon. Do you have plans? What will be the next adventure for Captain Tibble? Are you going to let this stop you? <laughs> he wheezes a bit when he laughs. He's like, you can't make me laugh, lad. I've heard that laughter is the best medicine. Not when your ribs punctured your lungs. It isn't. No, no, yeah, no. Try to avoid that. I believe yelling probably isn't a good idea either, Captain. As he gives like a very cheeky grin. All is well. You need not worry. Just simply focus on yourself for now. I believe Neris has taken care of literally everything. Tibble's brows kind of twitch at that. The Polaris is in very capable hands at the moment. And oh, I know. Quite a good example of themselves right now. I even hear word of. Perhaps an impression being made when he gave his report. Quite a good impression, actually. Aye, he's a good lad. And he's making a name for himself. Why do people always sound so surprised when Neris is capable? Because it's genuinely surprising. Right. (laughs) Sorry, I'm trying not to be funny. My apologies. (sighs) He's good at what he does. He often stands behind the crowd, but now that he has had the opportunity to take front, I believe he's fit the role quite well. And yes, no one burnt the ship down in your absence. We didn't even singe it, you'll be happy to know. In fact, I believe the ship is as good as new, thou bolson helping us. Mm. Rogue touches Tibble very gently on the side and then crouches down very low. Your wife is also doing okay. She misses you very much. Tibble looks up at Rue. You've been... You've been with her? Yes, she's my new roommate. Don't worry, you don't have to worry about me making off with her or anything. She's not my type. And then Rue, like, signs hello. (laughs) He signs back to them. Thank you for taking care of her. It is no problem at all. I am more than happy to help. What? Before we go, Captain, I have something to give you. Fishman will dig through his things and bring out a piece of paper. Rue and Alton would probably recognise it, similar to the one that he gave to them earlier, and he'll gesture it towards Tibble. This is something for future use. I don't believe you'll have any need of it, but in the future, aboard the Polaris, if you do need of me, you will know when to use this. And he'll gesture towards you a piece of paper saying, Hond Ebreath, which is written in common, but you could probably deduce that it's of another language. Just attempt to say it when you need me. And again, you will know when you need to use it. He immediately says it. <laughs> but he's like, oh, sorry, I don't um, need you. I just wanted to make, I mean, it works. You're here. That is true. It means true friend. Oh. But there is further meaning behind this. And then he'll probably turn around and then walk away, hand up in the air like that. Quartermaster! Olsen, are you not with the captain? 
No. The others are making their time with him now. You are in a hurry. You must have an important duty to partake in. Can Neris figure out what's going on with Janice? Janice has not been behaving normally to how he used to before everything happened. He has clearly followed you for some purpose as he sort of looms over you. I assume he might have like paused near the doorway. Or is Neris still walking? Neris was still walking, and then in that last sentence he does stop and looks directly at Janice. I'm not over fond of being in hospitals for too long. It brings back bad memories. You know, one time I had to fight off a siege of undead hordes. It was the, the only hospital in the district, and the power was fast fading. It was approaching midnight. Uh, the zombie hordes were trying to get the last power source, and it was only me. And it was a terrible, fearful thing. So ever since then, I have never had the stomach for hospitals for too long. I was merely curious why you were so eager to leave so quickly. Curiosity is important. I have realized that things have been set in motion that cannot entirely be undone, but can be lessened. Like your dream? But one of many, unfortunately. No, I I have made a more material mistake. An oversight. With whom... Unfortunately, I believe many are people. That is regrettable. And so you are going to seek to rectify that mistake? I seek to try. I know you don't like hospitals, but there are no zombies here. Why have you followed me out? It looks back and then like this, this distant rumble of thunder in the background, even though uh, the sun is shining outside. And then he looks back down at Neris with golden eyes and has this sharp, now lopsided kind of grin. And he's like, The captain said it was your recommendation to consider the well-being of the crew a few weeks ago. It is always my goal to better the well-being of the crew. How do you mean? Hmm. But I do remember about a week ago or so, you spoke to me of a different order for why I was not found earlier. He just looks Neris up and down. Neris has also shifted his expression. He was guarded before, and now has almost become even more so. A 19 insight? And that's a 21. Just before Neris's guard goes up again, his eyes do widen almost imperceptibly, and there's a small intake of breath, and his shoulders kind of rise up a little bit. And then he becomes very difficult to read. That decision was made by the captain, however, it was influenced by myself. You must understand, I wanted to, above all else, find you, rescue you. However, we had no information to go on, and until we did, abandoning what allies we have is not rational. Like I said, I was merely curious. I have not come to war or to quarrel. I just couldn't be in that room any longer. And besides, it is in the past. There's not much that can be done about it. I don't know what decision I would have made. If I gave you an answer, would you believe me? Of course I would. And just smirks and just looks at the ground, puts his hands on his hips and then looks off to the side for a moment and then looks back. Perhaps it is irrelevant. About where you are going off to, I'd just like to remind you of the Sin Seekers that day. You can see other futures, can't you? I have. The only thing that made me falter against my own will and good conscience was your apology. There is a lot of power in words. I am not a tactical person, but I believe that then. And I must apologize. I am taking you from your business. I have ruined the mood. I did also just find out my wife had been contacted very quickly after my disappearance, so I am also sort of trying to sort that out. So it's been a bit of a day, I will admit. Is she safe? I don't know. Who contacted her? 
the captain, apparently. Well, my apologies, quartermaster. As I said, I was just curious. Regardless of what shore you wash up on, I do hope your feet find solid ground. Perhaps one day. What about yours? I much prefer the deck of a ship. That is understandable. I don't believe you'd be able to swim half as good as I can. I'd find that offensive, but it is incredibly true. Excellent! (laughs) I must be going. I hope it goes well. Janice, regardless of my position, I am happy you're safe. I appreciate it. Regardless. Neris will give a nod and then turn and walk out the door. Will we be, like, taking Tibble back to the ship? Is that where he'd want to go or somewhere else? So once his medical caretakers have taken care of whatever magical pain potions or different care plans need to be discussed, it'd almost be an unspoken thing that he is to be taken back to the ship. Yeah, of course. Um, Alton would start doing so. When you get to the ship, Kara, having heard that Tibble was awake, you actually find her in the captain's quarters and she would be pacing anxiously back and forth, wringing out her hands. And when you bring Tibble in and wheel him in, she kind of turns and she has this shocked look and then her face crumples and she goes up to him And she is very sort of careful and cautious in the wheelchair. And she looks to you, Alton, and she signs to you, how can I help? And she's got tears streaming down her face, but she's immediately focused in the way that you would see her when she's in the kitchens. I'm sure once he's awake, just you being here will be up enough. I guess for now, we'll just get him into bed. He's, He's doing quite well. He's been fully discharged, but of course it's going to take a little bit to recover, but there we go. And she (laughs) nods and she signs thank you to you and um, she will help you gently lift him into the bed without disturbing him. And yeah, she will take a seat next to his bed and that's where she will stay until she has to go to the kitchens again. Neris left the hospital to go and find Kara immediately and I think probably made his way back to the Polaris but then thoughts about the conversation he just had with Janice, the conversation he had with Tibble, everything else that's happened in the last few days and he's probably just paced up and down the dock for a little bit reboard the Polaris and find Kara wherever she is, however long it takes him to do so. And maybe he's knocked on a couple of wrong doors and was like, oh, my apologies. Okay, never mind. And then we'll eventually find Kara. Um, or the room where Kara is. And we'll knock on the door and wait a moment and then open. Kara would turn to Alton and just frown a little bit in confusion stands to go to the door and that's probably when Neris enters. Ah, uh, Neris. Uh, good to see you, the captain. He's just uh, sleeping right now, so uh, best to let him rest a little bit. Of course. I um, trust there were no complications with the staff at the hospital. It all went pretty smoothly. They think he's well enough to be discharged and everything. If um, you would not mind still taking on the role of a more advanced ship doctor in Tibblestead, obviously, with me acting captain. I would appreciate if you were to maintain some form of uh, conversation with the hospital if they have any additional concerns or treatment. No, that's a good idea. I'll make sure if they've got any advice or anything. Especially now that I'm... Uh... I mean, I hope you wouldn't immediately overtone Tibble, say, stating me as the ship's doctor. I'm very proud. 
Kara, who had just been sort of staring at Neris with an unreadable expression, still half getting up from her chair, turns to Alton and she has this really excited expression on her face. And she signs a couple of things really, really quickly. Neris, you would see that she is just gushing words of affirmation pretty much at Alton of how much he deserves it, how exciting it is, how much he wanted it, and then remembers that Neris is there and just stiffens and straightens a bit and slows down. Yeah, I'm going to have to have a bit more of a talk about it, you know, uh, figure out what we're doing with, you know, the kitchen and everything. But as long as, I don't know, it wasn't just painting medication talking or anything, I might be the ship's head medic. Oh, uh, congratulations. A fitting role for you. I have always gathered that your skill as a medic far outweighs the position you were placed in. Thank you. I have so many ideas. to get drafting, gonna have to see what to do with that. See ya. Well, again, congratulations. I will um, leave you with your patient. Kara. Kara signs as a question. Captain? I realise we have not had much time to talk. Would you indulge me? And Neris will open the door. She just nods and she glances at Alton. Her face is still unreadable. I think, Alton, you would see that she's almost kind of not looking to you for comfort, but it is a moment of self-indulgent comfort for her to look to you. And then she bends down and kisses Tibble's brow before walking out of the room. Neris will follow Kara, and Neris will lead while still walking sort of alongside Kara in the manner that I think he's probably grown accustomed to, albeit this is a little bit more professional and tense, so that he's still directing where we're going, but he can visualise signs and everything, so he's not directly in front anymore. Neris will start to walk very slowly, almost lazily, through the lower deck, must be a great comfort to you now that Captain Tibble is back on board. She doesn't say anything. She's still looking forward and she just does a short nod. I have, in Tibble's stead, acted as interim captain and I have tried to do what I feel is best. She stops walking for a second. She's looking towards the ground now and she has sort of been looking downwards since she saw you in the captain's quarters she hasn't actually met your eyes since it has just been the two of you as she signs and you couldn't see it before through your periphery but her hands are shaking and she signs please don't make me leave nurse will allow the silence to kind of fill the conversation for a little bit before slowly walking back towards Kara and will slow his steps to see if Kara is continuing to follow as we're walking back to the captain's quarters. She doesn't follow. During my time as captain and Neris will lean his back on the wall in this hallway that we're in and will look up to the roof. I did not know what to do. I tried to do what was best for the crew as a whole, but I failed to identify the needs of the individual. That was a mistake. She kind of frowns a little bit at that. Like, you just see the slight twitch of her brow, but she's still looking down. I realised at the time that you must have been hurting, I did not know the full extent until but an hour ago. I have no love for the role of captain, you know this, I've told you this before. But when our captain was interrupted in his duties, I needed to step up and make decisions very quickly and without much thought. In times of uncertainty, certainty will triumph. 
I believed at the time I was doing everything that I could to help the Blairs, to help your husband. I did not feel, regardless of what I knew about you, your relationship to him, your relationship with yourself, I did not feel that keeping the captain on board would be beneficial to his health. In order for him to survive, he needed the best medical treatment that we could provide. And the best medical treatment that we could provide is not something that we can provide, but that those at Ankithir Medical. She, um... Her frown deepens for a second, and she looks up and she glances at you. And you don't read necessarily true confusion, but there's an element of it there as she signs and asks you, you're not kicking me off the boat, are you? That's not what this is about, is it? It has been made very clear to me that the Polaris is your ship. I cannot kick you off that, nor do I have any intention of doing so. That thought has not crossed my mind. You have done nothing to warrant that. It's not relief, but there's a release of tension. It's a hardness that leaves. And she looks up at you when you ask her why would you think that and she looks to where you keep your wand and she's quiet for a moment and then she says find out if you wish understanding after a moment where this conversation is going Neris will say I would much prefer you just tell me She winces a little, almost involuntarily, and then looks up at you, and this layer of reservation drops a little. It is not easy. Before Tibble was captain, I was not welcome. Not really. Not in the ways that are safe. Not on a ship where my husband couldn't take advantage of his position to keep me so. So you are worried that I am just like everyone else? She's quiet, and she kind of looks down for a second, and then when she looks up at you, she looks furious. I was worried that the man I thought was my friend had not said a word to me since I watched my husband have his chest caved in. I was worried of what the pressure of that might do to my friend and where his mind would go. You've always been rational, Neris. I'm not that much of a use to this crew. I make passable food. My place, I know, is a place of nepotism. I also know how much you value logic and reason. So I would, in your mind, release you to the world because you are of no further use to the Polaris is that what you take me for you know who I am, you know who I was you helped me become who I am today I have a love for logic and reason because I have seen how unreasonable the world can be Logic does not, in my mind, create chaos. Logic creates control. I have told precious Fuses, I have had a goal since I came to the Isles. I am searching for someone, someone of great importance to me. I was proceeding along that path very well before I was found by the Polaris. I knew that joining the Polaris would interrupt my search, would interfere with my goals. Logic would dictate that I leave you, that I 
at the very least use you to further my goals. But that thought did not cross my mind. And I have spent years not pursuing the man who brought logic into my life so many years ago so that I can serve as a puppet to a captain. What logic is there in that? Why would I make that decision if I was the logically, rationally minded individuals that you take me for? This wave of something washes over her. There's a look, it's not pity, but it's understanding. Not the understanding that I think you're looking for, but a different understanding. And then she shakes her head and straightens herself a little. Unfortunately, I've been through much. Sometimes fear makes me forget. I'm sorry for making you feel that I would ever think of you as just that. You're not, and I know it. She nods her head to you in a similar way to how you would nod to the captain. Neris, you deserve to be trusted. Thank you for making the hard decisions. Go and be with the one you love. He needs you. She looks up at you again, and she reaches out a hand. Neris balls up his fists and almost pulls away before there's a little twitch in his mouth and he'll release a hand. She takes your hand and she presses it just above her heart and she releases your hand and signs, you have place here too. And then she turns and walks back to the captain's quarters. Neris will watch Kara go and then we'll very slowly turn and almost glide, his eyes not focusing on anything, his body just taking him, he makes almost no sound as he makes his way back into his quarters, releases this little metal bar that is in between one of the shelves on his bookshelf to stop the books from going out on the high seas, pulls out this decently sized black chest that's nestled amongst books, places it down on his desk, unlocks it, and just starts to flick through a couple of notes that he's got. A lot of them are old, curling around the edges. Some of them are ripped from diaries that have potentially been Neris's or potentially someone else's. And he gets to one that he looks at, and he just sort of reads it, and will just slowly press it to his forehead. I haven't given up. I, I will find you again. I will. Probably around midway through, potentially the second day of Tibble being back on board, that Neris will go up and express that a request has been made by the heads of the Hydra for Tibble to have a conversation. As you enter the main chamber, the heads of the Hydra, you see Azan, Kara, Sagoti, Zara, Gorik, and Rosh. Kara leans forward. Ah, you have good time. Tibble, from his place in his tiny little mouse wheelchair, does almost a slight approximation of a bow. So Neris on Kara talking would open his mouth and then immediately close it again as Tibble starts to bow and will just cast a quick mage hand and just place a hand on Tibble's shoulder. I yet to be bested again. I trust you're well enough to at least return to your administrative duties on board this ship. I The captain is recovering well. Nurse has done very well in my steed and has continuing acting captain while I cover the administrative side of it. A Sagoti, who's like a brightly coloured, uh, feathered woman, she just kind of leans forward and pipes and like, oh, that's so wonderful to hear. We do like to hear that all of the crews under our command are getting along so well. You know, it can be a bit of a liability if there's any clashes in personality or anything. So I'm glad to hear that there's been no uh, problems here. That's very good. Zara, the half-orc, 
leans back in her seat, her fingers steepled. We, oui, it is good to see you are uh, still able to handle some of the reins, Quartermaster Salalanti. I act in the capacity as required by the heads of the Hydra. Of course, of course, you know. Keep up the good work and all. There are some uh, administrative changes that I wish to discuss. However, um, while I will not be capable of field duty myself, I do believe that I have a wonderful and capable crew with uh, strong leadership amongst them. It's probably at this point that Garrick will stand up which generally is a fairly normal thing, but him being a half-giant, it's kind of a little intimidating. And what of the Sunseekers that have sowed such destruction aboard the Polaris? Your quartermaster, acting captain, tells us that the problem is being dealt with. Well, I'm yet to have the discussion with our current acting captain, as to our next steps. However, we do not anticipate that any time soon. I believe that the necessary action has been taken. Oh, you believe, do you? I don't know, I'm not sensing a very, you know, definite language there. It's I know, not I believe. You know, I just really want a can-do attitude from all the people under our command. As I mentioned in our previous encounter, I have done all that I can in my power as acting captain and staff arcanist to ensure that no more unwelcome guests will be able to track their quarry. I do not believe such a thing is able to happen anymore due to the policies and procedures we have put in place. That is to say, when I say that I believe that some action has been taken, I mean that I strongly believe in the convictions and actions of Neris, acting captain and quartermaster. Garak will probably sit down with a thud and a tremor and say, Whilst things may not be certain, it is certainly good to see you once again, Tibble. And we would have you know, your acting captain left quite the impression on us last we spoke. He seems like a very capable young man. Aye, that he is. The gnomish form of Azan speaks up. Have you any intention uh, which job or offer you are intending to take? Well, while I've not had the chance to discuss the current job offers with our acting captain, I 100% back any decision he wishes to make. After a conversation with the senior members of the Polaris, we decided that the missing persons would be of utmost priority. I would very much agree with you. You have uh, much expertise in this area, it seems. No better team could be on this case. Your words honour the Polaris and myself. If there is any support in uh, resources or research we can provide, as always, do not hesitate to ask. Well, I have been in the workings of some potential administrative changes within the ship. The young Outen Aenrin has gone above and beyond his own personal care of duty as the field medic he sometimes acts upon as we are all aware of Sia's uh, disinterest in field missions among many other things. Alton has shown the utmost care and diligence and shown a true loyalty to not only myself but to the Polaris itself. I am wishing to offer him the role of head medic I think this would be a, an appropriate reorganization. In the background of all of this, Zara leans over to Gorok in their extra large chairs, as she is also she is a half orc. And behind her hand, she just whispers to Gorok, "I am so glad he knew who Seal was. I do not remember the little people they put on this crew." That is something I have feigned for quite some time. It's best just to. Let these things happen. 
That's what upper management is for, isn't it? Just remember the head of other areas and then let them handle everything else. Do we have any other business? I am happy for them to return to their uh, business. They have much to do. Oh, of course, I think that's all good. Fun little meeting. And we expect good news. We wish you the best, Polaris. Before we leave, um, I haven't had much time to take proper stock of our current supplies. However, I do believe that um, we may need some additional supplies in the means of additional rations, additional crockware and cutlery. We have had some uh, accidents during the boarding parties that have led to um, quite a diminished stock of said crockware. So if that can be potentially doubled in expectation, that would be appreciated. If you will just uh, discuss that with the requisitions on your way out. If we have your approval, most certainly. So you depart from the chambers, make your way through requisitions, and back to the ship.